Okia Koto Whanau, welcome back to another edition of the Department of Conversation, brought to you by Stratus, the most affordable alternative to smoking. Uh, Stratus is a hassle-free, reliable, compact pod kit. It does have nicotine in it, just so you're aware, but the reason it has nicotine is to stave off the uh, cravings that people get from cigarettes. So have this compact pod kit. Uh, stop smoking. Be healthier. Vaporium.nz is the place to find where to get Stratus from. Uh, go check them out. Uh, I've always thought if you kiss a smoker, that's certainly something that you want to um, kind of get away from. So why don't you buy the person who you're dating a Stratus from Vaporium.nz. Probably will help. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us again today. Uh, looking forward to today's conversation. I, I, You'll hear in the conversation we're having, I sort of embarrassed myself at the start. We had some problems connecting with Zoom, and I was sitting there going, my baby. I've got a crap voice at the moment and I was singing along to Lydia um, and then I saw uh, Julia Deans pop up on my Zoom and thought, yeah, better stop singing that and we'll we'll explain the whole story during the podcast, you will hear it, but it's one of those songs and it's one of those bands, Fair Patrol, for me that was a formative sort of age, love them to bits, love their music, uh, Julia Deans is far, far, far more interesting and is a, 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 has a, a broader aspect on the world than just Fur Patrol. And I enjoyed very much spending some time with Julia Deans talking about life, the universe, and everything. Here you go. And we should be live. We are live. Woo! With Julia Deans. Hi, Julia. Hi. Oh. How's it going? Oh, it's bloody marvellous, actually. Thank you for joining us today. I'm um kind of very excited to speak to you. It's been one of these... um kind of fantastic times chatting for a few weeks or a couple of months to finally connect and hook up and yeah, <laughs> yeah you're coming to Dunedin and maybe we can chat yeah. Dunedin or maybe we should chat before Dunedin and then COVID-3 kicks in and everything's up in the air but we're still talking so I'm very excited. Thank you for, for <laughs> coming and spending a few minutes with us. Oh, and I'm still still planning on coming to Dunedin as well, so hopefully that doesn't change. Now, you were, you were lucky enough to get, well, lucky enough, meaning uh, just circumstantially, to get outside of Auckland when Auckland went to level three. So, yeah. Which means, because you have got a tour coming up, we might as well put these dates up now, eh? Should we put these dates up now? Let's put these dates up now. We'll do this for people who are watching. You've got a tour, um, and it means that because you're outside of Auckland, you're able to adhere to the level two um, conditions and still do your tour. So um, this, yeah. this is this Saturday in Oamaru, and then in September, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, Christchurch, Dunedin, and Chicago. And that's still all going and ahead as you know it? There's also uh, September 5th in Queenstown as well with um, Lawton, Cora, all going well. Oh, very good. <laughs> but I was saying, um, thinking that I think the government is making – is it an announcement today, or it might be Monday? Yeah, to basically no, kind, today. Oh, to kind of say, give us a hint, or if it gives us an ability to get out of it earlier, to get out of it earlier, sort of thing. So, I suspect in the South Island here, we won't be impacted by any changes. Probably, probably worst case scenario, it'll stay level two. What does that mean for yeah. your gigs, though? Because with the social distancing, surely fewer numbers. Mm. Or you're doing. I saw Ben Hurley. I think doing a stand-up gig, and he's going to do two gigs, like one at seven and one at nine, and halve the audience. Have you had those conversations with venues yet? No. Well, fortunately, everything is, um, you know, these are all sort of 50 to 70 people. So, yeah, it's not, they're not big gigs. And they're venues in which they're sure, you know, they're sure that they can adhere to the social distancing standards and we're encouraging people to wear a face mask right yeah. wow crazy um, crazy times 
I mean, just think about that. Yeah. I mean, it's this idea we go, I know it's a silly thing to say, but imagine 12 months ago if you had of XYZ, but imagine at any stage in your career thinking, hey, I'm going to perform to a bunch of people and they will be wearing masks. That's a crazy thing. <laughs> I might sort of, I don't know, maybe we need to start stipulating that they wear, um, you know, animal masks or something. <laughs> I I've seen a, I have seen a bunch of um you know uh, sort of internet uh, content producers and content producers in general utilizing the um the opportunity though with making their own masks. I mean, is there a Julia Dean's mask coming out? You could sell it at the gigs, <laughs> and then yeah, double dip. Nah. <laughs> hey, you're um you're probably I think it'd be fair to say. Um, known to most New Zealanders, first and foremost, you've done a lot of stuff. So I, don't, I hate to pigeonhole people for what they were doing 20 years ago, but the first time you came to New Zealand, uh, New Zealand's attention, and maybe still when people think about you, the one that jumps to their mind is Fur Patrol. Would that be a, a fair assertion? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, in fact, and, um... I remember uh, in the late 90s, I was working for More FM in Auckland at the time, doing a emceeing an event for you guys somewhere on Albany on the North Shore and... Uh, you were the biggest thing ah. in the world at the time. It was good fun. That way you look familiar. No, oh, no, 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 no. I look nothing. I mean, look at me. I look like some kind of Irish gnome now. No, I don't look familiar at all. <laughs> um, but I have to say, I mean, I, I don't want to harp on about things I'm sure you hear all the time, but obviously Lydia is a is a um, institution that song in New Zealand. I looked you up on um, Twitter yesterday just to see what the buzz was, and it seems that every second or third day there is someone in New Zealand saying, Lydia, Masterpiece, one of New Zealand's greatest songs. It just lives on and on and on. And I, I actually, when we were trying to connect there, and I had some trouble with Zoom, um, when we were trying to connect, I was here humming away, Lydia, and I thought, oh, shit, I better, I better stop doing that because... <laughs> <laughs> I heard you say, don't stop singing that yeah. song. I didn't, I didn't actually pick what it was. So <laughs> your secret is safe. It's one of so the, it, it just seems to be one of those songs. You know, there's there's numerous of them in New Zealand. If you think of, you know, the, the foot rock flats and the loyals and, the, you know, these songs that sit inside my head, especially from that era, that everyone yeah. still loves, still feels as relevant today as ever, and is just amazing. I don't want to quite be too wanky and say like a radio interview, hey, tell me the story around Lydia. But, I mean, it is something that's lived on. Tell me about it. I mean, tell me about the, the, the song and where it was from and, you know, what's happening with it today because it still seems to be as relevant. Um, well, I guess, I don't know. The, I mean, the weird thing is that um, it's not specifically about anyone. I think it was just born of that time in your life, you know, when you're <clears throat> socially, ex you know, socially experimenting with your, you know, with your social life and, uh, observing the interactions of your friends with their significant others and uh, second significant others, <laughs> kind of things. So just you know, you're in you're in your twenties and you're learning about relationships, really. Mm -hmm. um, and it, that's what that's what the story is. You know, there wasn't a there wasn't a Lydia herself. It, it was observational and. Yeah, just a story. But the the weird thing is that the song happened, like it arrived fully formed in my lap, I guess, in the space of about 15 minutes. Wow. I think I just, I wrote it, maybe played through it three times and that was, it was fully formed. Um, 
I found recently found the my notebook with the lyrics in it from when I first wrote it, and they're just written as exactly as I happened. There are no crossings out on the wow. page whatsoever, which is like <laughs> that never happens. So yeah, it's kind of a big fat tease in a way because I've been. You know, every time I sit down and write this, write another song, I'm like, yeah, maybe it'll happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened. But, oh, well, what do you do? <laughs> looking for that high, like a drug addict looking for their next hit. Where's that oh, that, that song totally. that I don't have to cross out anything for? That's, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't want to get all, all kind of weird and universal or anything, but that seems to be like a gift, a gift from the musical gods just dropped in your lap. Yeah, well, I think it's it's kind of a... You know, I've heard a number of different writers, you know, of, of whatever description, <clears throat> you know, music or poetry or, um, you know, novels and so on and so forth, talk about when you get that pure channel through from, you know, the creative yeah. ether. And it does. It feels like it's being channeled through you and out of your fingers and your mouth kind of thing. Like it's... um. Yeah, otherworldly. So I don't wow. know. I don't know what happens in that moment where we tap into something in our brains that just spews it forth. Um, and so you you wrote it. I'm assuming you were kind of you said you did it in 15 minutes, or you were by yourself somewhere talking to your bandmates. And 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 when you're writing a song like that, and you come with the lyrics, and I guess the melody on guitar, something like that. Then what happens? Do they just accept it, move with it, and it's still exactly the same? Yeah, we just kind of fleshed it out, you know, didn't change the structure or anything like that. I was just adding bass lines, drums, little guitar solo. And what about that music video? Very famous music video. And uh, <laughs> one of the things, I was going to say, this this image here, now I don't mean to, I know freeze phrasing stumps is not very fair, but it looks like quite an angry <laughs> young lady running up on a, on a guy. But that famous music video of, uh, you know, uh, the singer, I'm not going to play it because it'll get us pulled off YouTube, but, um, you know, no instruments playing along there. How did that all come together? Um, that was the idea of Jonathan Kang, the director, who um, um, basically, I think, because we were with Warners at the time and they just put out feelers for a couple of ideas and that was the one that really made us laugh and that is kind of, you know, that's what we always sort of were aiming for with videos, Um so, yeah, just if it made us laugh, then it was totally going to be worth doing. That's a cool idea. Um, I think about uh, Dave Roll and the Foo Fighters. They always say that they basically take their videos almost like a joke. And that's why you see them dressed up as women and fat people and pilots and stuff on airlines. And they literally just, it's almost like they're going, how can you take this seriously? This is ridiculous. We play dress ups for a day. And that's actually their objective <laughs> with their music videos is to be silly. Um yeah, theirs are a whole other ball game. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, Budgetary level, a whole used ball game. I just realised I forgot to turn the power on for my laptop, so my battery was just squeaking at me. Um, yeah, the, um, the it's also the, the simpler the idea, the better right. as well, because then you sort of take away all these, like, ridiculous production costs. And it, it also, it's not confusing to the viewer like that yeah i think our like two of my favorite videos were with uh, lydia and um 
the one for Domino's that Greg Page directed. Mm -hmm. you know, they're just really simple, straight ahead ideas. I mean, Jonathan's was, for <laughs> Lydia, was like, you're playing, but you don't have any instruments. <laughs> and that's it. And then um, Greg's one for Domino's was like, you're playing, but you sunk up to your knees in pool and, and concrete in a swimming pool. And then we filled a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is. You know, they're simple ideas. They're not, you know, that one wasn't necessarily as straightforward to um, create, but that, you know, just one idea. And it's not an overcomplicated storyline or anything like that. Music videos are a fascinating genre, eh? There was a band who, who a band called Eight. You know the band Eight, a New Zealand band that was around sort of more like 2000 to 2010? Um, quite successful drummer was the drummer original drummer from Supergroove. Um, there was a they, they were a good band, good musicians, good band, good music. Just starting to sort of uptick, but had that classic New Zealand music thing of the, all the members were getting to a certain age, and it was, it was time to sort of official cut bait. And do they need to go get a real job, so to speak? This I don't. This is not my personal experience, but you know, they, we want yeah. we want houses and mortgages, and I think families and that kind of stuff. But their music videos, they kind of were never in them. It was a really interesting decision yeah. they made, and uh, there was one of their music videos where it was just a guy walking along the street coming to a T-junction and having to make a decision, go left or right, you flicks a coin and it lands on its side and you go straight ahead into the bushes rather than going left or right. And I think that's the music video where, and at the end of it, the band's in a people mover and they drive past. And that's the only time you see yeah. the band. And I always think it's fascinating to see you know, why bands do what they do with their music videos. Because it is a really interesting yeah. genre. It can be a, it can be a it can be sort of an intense and as story filled as a movie, or as frivolous and silly as a you know I don't know a cartoon strip or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. It's um, it's hard. It's hard too. There, you know, often see music videos that just don't match up with the music itself. So, I think it's important to have something that adds, you know, enhances the song rather than detracts from it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, do you still get? I mean. Is it something that for a performer like yourself, something that you guys did, gosh, well, it was late 90s probably? When did Lydia come out? Would it have been 98 2000. It was 2000, was it? 2000. So it's 20 years ago. Is it something, yep. something, you, still, <laughs> something you still perform in your, you know, in your solo sets? Like, would we see that in Dunedin yeah. when you come through? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I went, we, you know, we went through a bit of a phase where we got sick of playing it. Um, also, and, you know, for a long time, it didn't really fit in with the rest of our songs because we, you know, when we moved to Australia and started touring more and more, people weren't asking for it as much. Right. Um, and also we were, you know, everything sort of became a lot more rock, uh, a lot heavier. And it just really, we, we like to construct, you know, have a really good arc, you know, dramatic arc in our set. So this suddenly playing this kind of, 50s influenced pop song just was like a, a jarring kind of moment so trying to make that work within the set was quite a, quite hard um but would this, with, was it, know, would me, this have been the more rock set i mean this looks pretty rocky yeah, oh, here yeah. off your hell yeah off your uh, instagram with the red hair and the low slung guitar yeah that's pretty cool though <laughs> yeah i like those photos so that whole recently discovered a disc with all those photos on it and there's a whole bunch of um, um of the band in full rock face <laughs> um but yeah when i play them so when i play it solo i will always play it 
I mean, when I play a solo set, I will always play Lydia. I guess that's because, all, that's also one song that is quite. I mean, all songs will be reliant on your voice, but it's heavily reliant on your voice because the the tune is so. It's it's a yeah, it's a it's a softer ballady type song, isn't it? Um. Yeah, I think people just people ex- expect it and ask for it, and um, it's really nice. It's like it's really humbling and uh, warming to know that that song means so much to so many people and to see the enjoyment and on on people's faces and when they when they sing along yeah. um you know it gives me an opportunity to give them shit for not being able to sing in tune especially the <laughs> especially the my baby bit it's one of my favorite bits of the whole song obviously in fact I, a tweet went, yeah. a tweet went out um just as we were starting in fact i'll probably i can show it to you if you want um and the tweet um had i think it was hashtag uh my b-a-a-a-a-a-a-b-y that was the hashtag, <laughs> that was the hashtag for the tweet that went out. Um, it's also one of those things that is always fun. Here's the tweet. I just so this goes out automatically at the start of our at the start of the podcast. And so there you go. Hashtag yeah. Lydia. Hashtag my baby. So <laughs> so hopefully nice. people people have seen that and they're joining in. It's also one of the things that's always fun to sing. But as you can hear in my voice, I'm still a little bit husky. I was croaky, so I won't I won't attempt it now and be one of those people you can then laugh at for not singing but i was thinking but i'm looking forward to hearing or seeing uh, my baby sung by a whole bunch of people wearing masks that'll just add to the yeah. atmosphere of of the gigs over the next few weeks yeah um <laughs> is, is fair patrol still officially a thing is it something you guys still leave as an open end or is it a is it, has it stopped and there's a definite um finished product um no, we always kind of felt like it was open-ended. I think Steve, our guitarist, left in around 2006 or seven, no, 2007. Um, but um, I'll let you in on a secret. Oh, good. Well, it's not really a secret. Um, because it's our 20th, you know, the 20th anniversary of Pat, um, the album from which Lydia came. Yep. Uh, we're going to press it on vinyl and Ooh. get that out. So we're just... I'm scrambling at the moment to get a crowdfunding campaign off the ground because we figured that's like a fun way to do it and it's, you know, um, pre-orders for the album and a whole lot of extra little bits and pieces. So um, we were thinking, you know, sort of hoping that things settle down and we can do some gigs as well, you know, next year. That would be great. And, yeah, but we're just really excited to be pulling it all back together so we've had like a little a little meet up and on zoom <laughs> and so you know saw each other's faces for the first time in maybe i don't know 13 years or so all wow. four of us <clears throat> yeah simon and steven uh, sorry simon and andrew and i did some shows in 2016 we opened for swerve driver which um because the band is generally big fans of swerve driver and um that was great and it was so nice to just get together and everything just kind of fell back into place it's like falling off a bike um i was talking to my 14 year old today as i was taking her to school take her to school on a friday because she plays cello so she can't walk that to school um (laughs) and i said to her imagine in 60 years from now you're in your 70s you've you know uh Never say you have to have kids, but you know you probably you might have kids. You might even have grandkids, and you'll have stories about remember, you know, gr- you know, grandma, granny, 
Gran, whatever they call you, um, tell me about that year the Earth shut down for that 12 oh, yeah. months, which is what we're in right now. And I thought, what an interesting story that would have to tell. What I've never thought of, this might be a bit long-winded way of saying it, but I've never thought of you guys could have had a massive year this year with the 20th anniversary of Lydia, and it's kind of been kind of been taken away from you a little bit, which sucks. I don't know if that was a plan. I, mean, I don't know if in 2018 you kind of went, hey, in two years' time. But, um, but yeah, that's, I, I'd never thought about people who have something that could have been, would have been this year, but had that taken away from them as well, which is, uh, yeah. It's, oh, it's, man, so many people, like, um, you know, Tammy, Reb Fountain, or, you know, or Na- I think Nadia as well all put out albums and we had great, you know, so many artists had all these massive plans for touring internationally and locally being able to do these big shows and they've all just disappeared. Um, so many uh, people and, you know, on the, the back, in the back end of the music industry, well, um, behind the scenes, you know, production, yeah. management, booking agents, uh, venues, all of these things that are just completely shattered. And especially, you know, so many of those people, their bread and butter is um, international touring artists. Yep. And, and festivals, you know, things where you've got more than 500 people in a, a room together. Um, I think I'm, I've been feeling quite grateful this last couple of weeks that uh, I've, you know, I, I just booked small gigs just to get out and play. Yep. Um, and I'm feeling very grateful that, you know, I haven't, I'm not doing a big tour with, you know, like a, a full band and have all these plans just to have to put the kibosh on them because of the constantly changing rules. So I feel, I weirdly feel like I'm in a relatively privileged position and I'm grateful for that. So, you know, that I am able to continue working at this point, um, especially after the first few months of the year, which were just dire. Yeah. Yeah. But, no. and, you know, I have great empathy for all my friends and, you know, peers that can't. So are you just literally um, gear in the back of the car, turn up to the venue, solo person, just you? Or you do yeah. I, I, so? Just you, yeah. I, I had um, I had Mark Hadlow on uh, the last month during sort of lockdown as well, and he was doing a similar thing. There's two of them, but basically their whole set goes into a van, and they can just tour and put yeah. on this show. And they were doing that as well. So the irony being, as you're kind of saying, is that the smaller uh, productions with fewer people are the ones that have been less impacted. I mean, we were had we had a uh, Green Day Weezer in. Um, Green Day and Weezer coming to Dunedin that I had tickets for yeah. me, me and my three kids. Um, yeah, they pulled out obvious reasons. That, but as you say, that would have been, who knows, maybe a hundred New Zealanders employed from that tour for staging and sound and setting up and transport oh. and hotels. And and I listen to a lot of com- yeah. comedians' podcasts in America, and they're constantly bringing up. They, they, I think they do. Like, like when you're working in radio, you talk about a psychographic listener, which is bringing down to one person. So when I was working at more, working at more FM, they used to talk about, I think they even had a name for her. It might have been Jenny. Um, but like it was a 34-year-old female. You know, there was actually a, a person that they yeah. would think about. And it seems that these guys, these comedians, are talking about the waitress at the comedy club. Because obviously there are yeah. so many people, but they talk about, or they call them servers, the server at the comedy club yeah. and how that person is impacted by, you know, the no no big shows and stuff going through um, America. So, yeah, yeah similar to what oh, you're saying. It's it's huge. It's hugely impact that it's having on the economy. I mean, like you're saying, you know, it's not just the people that are working on the show itself. It's the 
all the peripherals, the taxi drivers that mm. you know, drop people off, the um, ACOM that they might have stayed at, all the um, restaurants and so forth in the surrounding area that would have had extra clientele. Mm. And saying that, it seems that here in New Zealand we're... I don't want to say luckier than most countries because that, <laughs> when you say luck, it sort of implies uh, I had no part to play in it. But an element of luck, but also I mean luck from our location perhaps, but also you know fairly good planning. Nothing perfect in this world to to, to get us get us to a place. <laughs> what do you where, mean? There's nothing perfect. Well, I, I, I'm getting a little bit sick and tired already of the politics coming up. Of of I know. I don't want to. I don't want to kind of. You know, I've got Winston Peters coming up next week, so I, I sort of need to be careful not to go, you know, screw this party or stuff that party or whatever, because I'd like to speak to all the leaders before the election. But certainly National making a lot of noise at the moment about, you know, everything wrong that Labor has done, where if it wasn't for the, the, the governance of Labor, be you a supporter of them or not, you know, we wouldn't have had that 102 days and probably yeah. we wouldn't have a smaller second outbreak like we've got right now. Fingers crossed it stays smaller, but... Yeah, personally for me, I'm not a Labour voter necessarily, but very grateful for where we are and what we're doing. And even they've um, done that wage subsidy expansion, and I saw something yeah. the other day. They said that'll save 400,000 jobs. It's like, I, I yeah. you know what? I've, been, not, I've said this three or four times, so for people who listen to me, I apologise for repeating it, but I, I haven't said it to you, so I'll say it again. But it seems that this kind of this kind of thing, we have two columns. We have a good decision column and a bad decision column. And all I hope for my government, whether it be national-led or Labour-led, yeah. is they take as many decisions out of the good one and as few out of the bad one. And we acknowledge that they can't not take some out of the bad one. It's going to happen. That's what I hope. And that's yeah. what it kind of feels like we've done, in my, in my well, opinion. You know, <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a unique situation that we're in. Uh, none, nobody's done this shit before, so... You know, there. Of course, there. It's not going to be perfect. Um, but I think the what I have been impressed by is every time that the government has come out and made an announcement about, um, you know, having, you know, step up lockdown levels and so forth. But the, across the board, it's all parties that are behind those decisions. Yeah. It's just that once the decisions are in place, then the the, the sort of like everyone sits back and kind of gripes about it <laughs> it's like oh well at least there is solidarity about the big important things in general I hope that we see I think we've already seen several byproducts that have come from this um, uh, as you were talking before about you know uh, venues and that I did think the one place that seems to not have been able to move with this lockdown lockdown is the entertainment industry i mean business has gone to working from home and zoom schools have gone to learning tv and you know on 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 demand but it's very hard to replicate a stand-up comedian or a a singer-songwriter sitting in a pub across zoom that seems to be the one area that that has suffered from it the other one and i and i and maybe that's just because you need bodies in a room to laugh when the comedian speaks or to sing along when the performer performs or whatever it is. And you just can't get that across Zoom. But oh, I think it's what well, the thing that is vital for um, entertainment is that immediate human connection because uh, telling a joke, singing a song, um, telling a story, it's about that. It's, communi- it's all communication. And yeah. It's all about being there with that person and 
you don't get that with a, you know, staring into a screen. You know, there's so many cues that you don't get. You don't get body language, you know, um, I don't know, even down to the, the atmosphere in the room, the smell, the, the sounds, uh, you know, every, once everything is just coming through a little speaker on your laptop or your headphones or a flat, you know, a 2D image on a screen, you just lose everything. There's no chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, and, and that's one of the things. I mean, you talk about a culture of a country and the society and you know what makes us us and the arts as a broader body mm. is such an integral part of you know, um, you know, I talked about it with Susie Cato yesterday. It's like we all have songs, you know, songs are the yeah. soundtrack of your life. Music is so important to us. You know, being able to laugh, being able to perform, being challenged, being able to see things and 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 have things outside our box put in front of us. Often that comes through the arts. So yeah. it's it's something that I really I'm really looking forward to getting back to. I guess those of us outside of Auckland are quite lucky. We've still got level two. You know, we still get to see yeah. you perform uh, in, a, in a small way. We miss out on some of the other things, like the, the big gigs, yeah. but, um, you know, we can still go to the art gallery. In Auckland, I guess, under level three, you can't do that. So we're not at quite the same restrictions. But, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting thing to it's actually figure out what really is important. And, and as I say, business, working from home, not such a big deal. I mean, for me, basically, I'd done, I've done now about half of my podcasts on Zoom. Up until the yeah. lockdown, I'd done one out of about 75. Um, yeah. Because I kind of had an idea that much like a live performance, it's always better to have a person live sitting in front of you. Um, and so I've had to shift with the time, so I've moved. And obviously what that's done is opened up the world. So now, hopefully... You know, I've got some American guests coming up. I've got a couple of academics in the next few weeks, one from London, one from Hawaii. And because we've moved this way, we now go to utilize it and use it for all it's worth. But you still, I'd much rather be sitting, like I've got a little fridge over here. You know, I'd much rather have someone sitting here that I can just give a beer to and sit and chat. <laughs> so you do lose something, but yeah, you can, you can gain something with the uh, using technology and moving to the next stage as well. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. I definitely think, though, that um, people, you know, like you're saying, being able to do business from home is actually quite uh, a relief for a lot of people, I think. Um, but they still, you know, everyone still needs to come together and commune, be with other people. We are, we're, we're not solidar, you know, solid. we're not lonely people. <laughs> I can't think of the word. Yeah, I was thinking isolated. <laughs> Solo yeah, people. We're, like, we're, no, we're in a way, we're pack animals, really. You know, yeah. we need to be together. There's, there, you know, there's something that we need as humans to, to be together. And uh, um, the one thing that I've really noticed um, in doing these small gigs is just every, you know, people coming along to them are really like open and you know hungry for that kind of connection, which is. I've had just had a couple and they've been so far and they've been so lovely and quite intense in a whole wow. new manner you know, but um like good intensity you know, yeah. even though I'm just standing on the stage or you know standing up the front with my acoustic guitar and <laughs> a bit of a sing yeah. um I, I, right. I spoke to Michelle Acourt quite soon after Auckland went to level 
two or three, whatever they did first, and they had some gigs at the um, you know the comedy club there. And she was saying a similar thing. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, we get to go out and hear comedy again." And the thing yeah, that were, yeah. it was either people who sort of don't normally travel in that world, and they were just like, "Oh, see anything," or it was the hardcore people who always go who were desperate to get yeah. back to it, sort of thing. And then you saw the yeah. same thing when Auckland went to level one. In fact, the country went to level one that there was 40,000 people at Eden Park on that first one. It's just like everyone getting out and yeah. doing stuff. And I guess it's yeah. a bit it's a bit like, um, you know, when you get, like I remember I went and uh, did some work in Vanuatu. I used to uh, live and work at a um, kind of commune college in Northland. And, of course, we always complained about the food. The food was crap. Uh, and then I went <laughs> and spent a few weeks over, because it was like, you know, it was cheap and it was inexpensive and it was mass-produced. Went, went to Vanuatu and worked there for maybe three weeks. Uh, came back, never complained about the food again because I had different. I had a different, you know, my, my relativity had changed to what we yeah. had versus what we didn't have. But of course, as as normally happens, that then starts to wane, and then after X amount of time, you're complaining again, like when we have, yeah. a, like when we have a tragedy, a horrible, the world, you know. I don't even had a I don't even had a word what happened in Christchurch last year, but a tragedy. All of a sudden, every New Zealander loves each other, but that slowly wanes, and then life goes back yeah. to normality. So it'll be interesting to see how much, at the moment, we um, love and miss, and just so want to be around people and with people. And then once we get a vaccine or whatever happens in six months' time, we'll be back to being, you know grumpy curmudgeons who don't want to get involved and in, you know get off my lawn yeah. people again <laughs> you know it's like it's like it's like family you know you don't see your family for a while and you're like oh i miss you so much and then you get back together with them with them and then you know 24 hours later you're like okay <laughs> enough yeah enough is enough i'm in my room <laughs> yeah 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 no completely other thing is i was hoping that comes from this like the byproducts of this it seems to me that for a very long time, we should have been able to vote for our, uh, have our election votes online. You know, most of us, if you're working, you've got an IRD number, you've got the ability to have a secure IRD login. I hope that maybe, I hope that we can have an election in level one, which means there won't be any problems. But if we have to have some restrictions, I hope at the very least, and you know, within the next 12 months, they are figuring out how to fucking, if I can, Pay, pay my tax online in a secure way surely i can vote online and then all of these sorts of problems would be would be handled yeah i'm i'm not i'm not so sure that voting online is such a great okay such a great thing um partly the security there's also the i think the um, you know it, it possibly dimin diminishes uh, the importance of it you think you know by yeah you know, by just being able to push a button it's like no you've got to actually commit to it so you you must you know go and do your civic duty do the work you know read the stuff yeah you know at least make some kind of concerted decision rather than just oh any many money at the moment at the moment at the moment, you could kind of do that anyway. The only difference is you have to queue up. I mean, you can still do no research at the moment and then still go tick green yeah. or act or whatever. But no, that's interesting. So you're thinking sort of the um, the, the atmosphere of it, the being amongst the people, the being physically in society is a is a, an important part of the process as well. 
Yeah, I, I do. I think so. Um, I mean, you know, the, there is the whole security thing as well. Like, definitely there are issues there. Um, but no, I think it's, you know, it is actually, it's still really easy to do. You just got to, you know, there are so many polling booths around the place. And you can vote by mail as well. Yep. You, know? you can post it in, early votes, what have you. Um yeah, I, I don't think we're I don't think we're ready for online voting yet. <laughs> Interesting. And I guess I guess I mean the evidence of what you're saying perhaps is we haven't we don't have it. I just hope that we're not in a imagine if say Wellington was in level three on election day, mm. what would happen then? And because the Prime Minister has said very clearly that this there won't be another change in date. This is it. This is the date. And no matter what happens there won't be a change. So I guess fingers crossed, and I guess that's our team of five million, as they keep saying, having to pull together almost as a part of our democracy to make sure we can have a a free and yeah. fair election on that day by keeping this little revolting virus as far out of our community as we can. But I, I think you know, if there, if somewhere we, you know, if we were going to be in level three, um, you're still able, you know, if they can space out the, you know, two meters at the polling booth, if people can still go to the supermarket. Surely you can still yeah. go to a polling booth. Uh, also, if we were at level three, then you'd imagine that we would have been there for at least, you know, at least a couple of days. Mm. So, you know, it's not like you're having to go across town to vote. I mean, maybe it's a different story for people that are out in the country. I don't know. Yeah. No, so many things to think about. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and it's always important, I guess, not to put too much, you know, kind of, brain energy towards them especially if they're not going to be the case so i guess it's one of those put it on the shelf and readdress it but no the thing you just said about it's likely to be a, a few days warning is is very fair and true and i'm i guess i'm one of those people that i typically go down to my local library the week of and i vote the week yeah. of rather than lining up on the day of so maybe that maybe there'd be a solution that they just really push that the polls are open actually if people don't know this most of the time the some polls not all of the polls are open for a week not just the day you can yeah. go down to your local library normally and vote early so open and I, th and I think it's happening in the school holidays i think that's the date which means actually maybe they'd be able to open up more polling booths the week of or something i don't know but yeah. like you say so many things to think about <laughs> <laughs> hey i read i read about you that you uh did some stage work with john too good is that right you've done some stuff on stage as well like acting performing yeah yep um I did a show of Brel, the songs of Jacques Brel, uh, with John Tugood, Tama Waipara, and Jennifer Ward-Leland. Yep. Um, and that was a few years ago. And then after that, there's a, I do a show of Joni Mitchell songs, which is just beautiful. Um, I was in I was in Jesus Christ Superstar with Lawton Cora. Oh, wow. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, 2015 in Auckland, I think. Yeah. Is there something? Um, is there something that interests you as well? The kind of acting, performing side of it, or certainly performing other other people's music, other um, songs, and, and performing them in a different way. Is there something you enjoy? Oh, I just, I just uh, these were opportunities that were offered me. You know, people asked me if I would be interested in doing them, and it's kind of like, well, yeah, sure, why not? You know, I think um, it's important to try new things. You know, it's kind of like, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen from me doing this is I go and I really suck at it. 
<laughs> they have to ask me to step back so they can put somebody decent. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I did, you know, did a little bit of musical theatre stuff at school. Right. I think it was, well, it was in one production. <laughs> That's what I mean. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And um, I think yeah, every time you do something new, you learn something more about your craft and about yourself and about other people that you're working with. Um, it's, yeah, expanding our horizons, I think, is an important part of being a human and living a, you know, living an interesting life. And since since Fur Patrol, so 20, 20 plus years, has, has basically full-time performer been your full-time gig? And when I talk about that, I kind of go, without obviously getting into your personal business, like mm-hmm. where your income has come from, has that been it, or have you done other things along the way as well? Um, oh, I've done the obligatory retail and hospo, hospo stints. Um, even, but yeah, mostly. Even post Fur Patrol? Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, in Australia. All right. Um, but no, since I've been back in New Zealand, it's just been music and performing, yeah. That must be nice. So I'm, it is nice. It's not always easy. <laughs> and sometimes it's downright scary. Yeah. But um, yeah, you just kind of learn how to hustle yourself, you know, and into action when you're sort of looking at a and you know empty calendar. It's like, oh, I do <laughs> you know, go out and and find things to do. I do a bit of um, mentoring in schools. Uh, which is what I was doing, which is what I was doing in Hawke's Bay when the um, lockdown level three came into place. So um, so just mentoring as in mentoring the kids or specifically around music? Around music. So going okay. into um, high schools, um, it's organised through the New Zealand Music Commission. Oh, cool. Sometimes, sometimes independently. Um, but, yeah, go in and spend a day with them, talk writing and performing and you know um trying new things and um yeah not you know all of those things not just as a career option but as something that's good you know good for you and might be helpful with your journey journey through life (laughs) the uh, the ability to be sort of a full-time performer in new zealand uh, i said before it must be be, you're so lucky it must be not i don't want to say lucky again because that implies an element of uncontrolled. I mean, obviously, it's a hard slog, and you've done the work. Um, but you do hear so many stories from New Zealand artists who, who can't, who do have yeah. the, the other job. And I'm not, uh, uh, you know, and it, it might be completely separate, separate like like teaching or something like that as well. But to be able to basically help them continue to perform, they need another strain of income. So that's cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I just keep hoping that you know. There's also the thing too, with, you know, getting and getting a bit older, a bit more mature. It's like how you know how long is this a viable and sustainable option? So you're always kind of thinking about <clears throat> possible, you know, future ventures. Because I don't have any other qualifications. <laughs> I can sell stuff real good. Yeah. Well, we've already so, we've already said Julia Dean's masks. That would be a. There's your starting point. And you could do like Julia Deans and like a smile, like the thing, and then it would be like a, a smile on their face. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the future is not 
It's not certain, that's for sure. I thought the future was so bright you had to wear shades. Isn't that the saying? My future's so bright i got to wear shades? Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, totally. Maybe not. So is that something that you – it sounds like for a performer, and I guess not talking about you, but in general when you say the calendar's empty, um, a lot of the time you take the opportunities that kind of come in front of you. Obviously you have some yeah. crazy year like this year. It's, it's a different animal. Um, but is that a conversation you do have with yourself, like – okay, I've got a five-year plan. Like, do you have a five-year plan? Or is it more that I'm thinking, no. I need a five-year plan? Or I don't think I've had a five-year plan since I was, like, 18. <laughs> and did that one work? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I think got got well used to living day-to-day Um and you know, sort of moment to moment, which I'm trying to you know, train myself out of. It's yet more like year to year at the moment. Right. And this year's a fucking write off. So we won't worry about this year. Oh my god. <laughs> so many people. So many people are like oh, I've got so many friends who are, who run businesses or who are starting businesses who are kind of just getting to that point where they're just about to, you know, become viable and they're like, Okay, we'll readdress this in the middle of next year. Because this year is yeah. wiped, wiped out. That doesn't mean that they've gone you know, completely away, but it means there's sort of an 18 month hiatus that they're going to have to just um, pick up where they were at the start of this year and hope they can continue. Such a crazy yeah. time. Yeah. Hey, um, I know that you've got a uh, got a pretty hard out in a few minutes, so we won't hold you too much longer. I did want to say to you though that your uh, website, that image on <laughs> your website, uh, JuliaDeans.co.nz, is one of the most spectacular. Uh, backgrounds to a website I've ever seen. If you're listening and not watching, ah. you should definitely go check out JuliaDeans.co.nz. Tell me about that photo. That's spectacular. Um, oh, this is this is the work of um, <clears throat> of my beautiful friend uh, Maria Vegas, who is an incredible photographer. She's my go-to for photos. To be honest, um, we have a really good good friendship and a good. Um, she understands making me feel comfortable because I don't I don't really like having a photo taken. It's like a great trait to have in a musician slash performer. <laughs> um, but this was the photos from the uh, collection of photos that we did for my last album, We Light Fire. And it's um, just really wanting to get that that balance of you know, fragility and strength, I guess, and like just these beautiful textures. That dress is by uh, the amazing Tanya Carlson. Um, she's just phenomenal. And uh, it's a little bit Wuthering Heightsy, which we quite like. And a little bit Boudicca as well. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and, and like, just as you're saying, the fragility and the strength, you know, the... The, the clay in the background and the moss in the foreground and the and the colour of the dress offsetting everything so perfectly. Oh, I, it's all rocks. It's down at Red Beach. Well, up at Red Beach. Oh, okay. Which is just out of Auckland. Yeah, amazing place. You just made me think, talking about not someone who likes taking photos. Um, from a performer's point of view, and maybe, you know, I remember going a big day out and having to sneak a camera in because they'd make you leave your camera at the door because you weren't allowed to take photos. And now yeah. and now we're all carrying, you know, 4K video cameras with mm-hmm. us everywhere we go. 
I just I've never asked a performer this before, so it'd be cool to ask you because you've kind of gone through that transition of the late nineties where we didn't have phones, uh, cameras in our pockets. Now mm-hmm. that we do, what do you think about the idea that you know when you're on stage, someone can be filming, uh, filming what you're doing, photographing what you're doing, and put it out to the world, sort of, and and in this day and age. Other than, I know some professionals in America, they make people bag up their phones, but in New Zealand, we don't have the capacity to do that necessarily. What do you think about that and how that, um, I guess, could put your wares or a performer's wares out to the public outside your control? Um, I think my main problem with it, you know, being a performer is seeing somebody sitting there watching a gig through their fucking phone. (laughs) Yeah. Or just, you know, it's like, be in the moment, use yeah. your eyes, use your brain camera um, and or flashes, like a flash going off. I do not mind if somebody sneaks, a, you know, films a sneaky, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. I don't mind that at all. But to sit there and film an entire gig, even an entire song, I think it's just, just take a step back the internet's not that important it'll never look as good on your phone as it's going to look with you there in the room and also think of the people behind you nobody wants i've actually (laughs) i'm that asshole who will tap the person on the shoulder who's standing in front of me filming and i can't i can't see because all i can see is the view from the camera also i'm short so (laughs) phones are always going to get in my way (laughs) As you were saying that, yeah, I just, I, I just, thought, I just thought I'd do a quick search. You're talking about this, people not, yeah. people what, people watching their phones, watching the, the thing, not yeah. actually watching the thing, whatever the thing might be. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I really like the um, one thing I that I've really uh, fell in love with with doing theatre stuff is that, you know, you know, you're told as you're walking through the door, leave your phone in your bag. And um, watching, you know, having people tapped on the shoulder and asked to leave when, wow. <laughs> when they brought it out. Um, or when we were doing um, Jesus Christ Superstar, because it was all done in the round, so at Q Theatre, so all the seats like came right down to the stage mm-hmm. and everything was very 3D, for want of a better way of describing it. But um, there was a, a girl pulled out her phone and was sitting in the front row, like right in front of us, and was filming, even though there were signs all over the theatre uh, saying, do not film, do not take photos. So, And we were, I was like right, standing right in front of her, so I just leaned over and pushed her phone down in her lap and just shook my head. It was like, no. Wow. <laughs> and then the usher came over and I told her off, I think. So, so, so just to so like, clarity, really? as a performer, you pushed her phone down from in front of her? Yeah. <laughs> Broke the fourth wall. Like, That's fantastic. Sake. <laughs> and then I also have no problem telling people to shut the fuck up at gigs either. <laughs> Sorry for swearing. Um, when they're you know talking too loud, it's like people paid good money to come and watch the show. We don't want to hear about your argument with Daryl at at the water fountain. Always fucking Daryl. Always Daryl. Daryl. <laughs> um, Daryl and Karen hanging out together. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that's yeah, that's interesting. Eh? It's I, I can't remember who it was, but watching a psychologist talking about generation coming up that are watching the world through a two inch screen, so and and how detrimental that can be, rather than being in the moment and experiencing what they're there for. So I get it. Yeah. I get it. Although yeah. it, is, it okay. is sometimes hard as well because you do want to share with others. Finding the balance is probably what you want to do. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think we're so, you know, we're so new new to all this media, uh, you know, or sorry, this technology that it is just going to be a balancing, you know, people, I think people are already getting sick of it and starting to go back the other way. So let us uh, put up for one more time tell people what we're going to be you're in Wamaru this weekend yes yeah. then then september two three four christchurch dunedin yep. and the cargo i've got you on eventfinder.co.nz but i'm pretty sure your gigs are also on there they are on your yeah, site there they as are. well and you and said and you saturday said the fifth with lawton at the show that'll be fun that's just going to be a total um shake it off kind of fun and frivolity thing so if you're in uh, kind of i guess uh christchurch south between now and the 5th of september you are going to be in one of the major cities major areas major touristy yeah. spots for people to come um, check out and julia dean's i'm afraid the christchurch shows are sold out oh yep Omaru is i think there were two tickets left last i checked um, there are still tickets available for Dunedin and Invercargill and Queenstown. So come along, come along, sing a song with me. And what you can <laughs> see, even though if you're watching us right now, you're seeing it before us, we, we were talking about the look you were going for. And, <laughs> and I, what I was going to say is it seems that you've gone from sort of a Noel Fielding look in uh, 2000. <laughs> and I was thinking, um, oh gosh, your name's just jumped out of my head. Um, isn't that embarrassing? Oh, from Jojo Rabbit and Marvel. Uh, plays the Black Widow. What's her name? Oh, Scarlet, um, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. There you go. So you're going to that from <laughs> from the novel fielding to the Scarlett Johansson. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, so uh, JuliaDeans.co.nz if you want to find out more about it. And Julia, thanks for joining us today. It's been a blast. Um, oh, thank you, Pat. It's been great. Hopefully, we've filled in a bit of your uh, a bit of your downtime while you're waiting around. And I guess. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, people will see you here in Dunedin next week and in Nawamaru this weekend and all over the bottom of the South Island over the next kind of couple of weeks. Yay! Cheers, have an awesome day. (laughs) You too, thanks, Pat. All right, team, that's us done and dusted. The Department of Conversation brought to you by Stratus, the most affordable alternative to smoking. Uh, find out more about the Stratus at vaporium.nz. The Stratus pod kit is one of the most user-friendly, easy-to-use pods on the market, and it helps people stop smoking. So that's bloody brilliant. Hey, thanks for joining us again today. Thanks for being with uh, me and Julia, juliadeans.co.nz. Remember, if you want to find out more information, if you want to connect with us or find out more about us, a couple of ways you can do it. Either head straight to the website, thedoc.nz. There is a contact page there that you can get in touch with us. Uh, Or, of course, just docnz on Facebook, and you can connect with us that way as well. If you are obviously listening to this, because you are, because this is the this is the post listening thing, you can always see the videos as well on our YouTube channel or else on our Facebook. We we do broadcast elsewhere like Twitch and stuff as well, but Facebook is the main place people watch us. But you can see us on YouTube. We use it as a bit of a repository, as opposed to a place we push too hard. So look us up on uh, YouTube or go to DOCNZ on Facebook if you ever want to check out the video. So today you would have heard, for example, we were looking through some of Julia's Instagram uh, images, which won't have come through on this. But go check them out on the um, video and you can see what we were talking about when we were talking about, for example, the Scarlett Johansson look, which I couldn't remember that name. How embarrassing is it to forget Scarlett Johansson's name? Hey, coming up in the next week, at the moment we have booked in to talk to the Deputy Prime Minister 
the right honourable Winston Peters. Uh, we also have actress Kim Crossman coming up. But visit Facebook, visit our website. That's the place to find out when new people get booked in. There is nothing to say that there won't be uh, more than just two podcasts uh, next week. There may be more coming up, and if you want to find out about them, go along and like the Facebook page. I put events up there. They are virtual events, but it does let you know who's coming up. Um, or as I say, go to the uh, website because those events are on there as well. All right, my friends, thank you so much for joining us again. If you are in and around an area that is locked down, be safe. Everyone be safe, but you guys be safer. Wash your hands and hug a loved one. Watch something on the telly that'll make you laugh. We have been making sweet, sweet love in your ear holes since 2018. And until we see you next time, hooroo. Hooroo.